Previously on the Fantastic Worlds podcast. A steady drip echoes in this otherwise quiet, cool cave. You see three small wolf pups curled up together in a tight little ball of fur, doing their best to keep warm while napping. Why would you do this, Abraxas? I trusted you! Seeing if there's either blood in the air, did he break skin or something, he's not quite sure he's awake. We all make big mistakes, and we live with them, but you're really good person slash wolf if there's anything i regret in that moment it was letting go of my emotions letting my emotions control me or i don't think i'm gonna get any of this blood off of my favorite sleeve you know you would have fit in damn well with my caravan have i ever told you what we really did (laughs) this was the home of torvar the last village leader we had he lived here with his wife and daughter tovar came under suspicion of being a member of the Resistance, a group called the Heralds of Summer's Return. She takes uh, the same dagger and she recarves Callistria's symbol into the burned-out wreckage of the home and just quietly says, In your name. Oh my god, what? Just ignores everybody and just chugs the thing, is licking the inside of the bowl. Tomorrow starts a new adventure. Hey, world's travelers, happy March, happy recovery from daylight savings time. I hope it's starting to look like spring where you are. It's vaguely maybe starting to look like spring where I am, except the weather here is apparently extremely uh, undecided on whether or not it wants to be sunny or snowy. It's been an exciting ride. I hope that you're having an equally exciting, hopefully more pleasant ride, you know, like elsewhere. Yeah, we got a lot going on this week. We got our usual episode release on Wednesday. So keep an eye out. Wait, no, this is that episode released on Wednesday. (laughs) So you've already been notified of, you know, how this is releasing right now. So congratulations, you found it. We've also got our uh, World's Traveler contest going on. Uh, For full details, you can look that up on fantasticworldspod.com. It's got all of the ways in which you can enter to win. We've got a lot of cool prizes. We've got uh, some books from Paizo. We've got some dice from Die Hard Dice, dice trays, and a couple of other neat prizes. So go check that out because you know what? You deserve it. You really do. We've also got some Twitch stuff going on this week. Tonight, uh, Resident Evil 2 is being jumped, hopped, and uh, twitched through by Dustin. On Thursday, Jess is playing The Sims. Kay, fresh off of her uh, successful pursuit of Craig in Dream Daddy, is now going to be teaming up with Angel to try to get with monster teenagers. They will be playing Monster Prom together on Friday. That's going to be exciting. And then Kay is playing something called Hustle Cat on Saturday. I'm not entirely sure about what this is. I think it's a dating sim held in a cat cafe, which that'll be 
really exciting to watch. And then uh, on Monday next week, Dustin's going to, you know, go ahead and let zombies freak him out some more. And it's always exciting to try to watch him jump out of his chair. It's rarely successful. We also would like to just thank all of the people that have been showing us so much love on iTunes. Reviewing our show really does help us get noticed. It's how people find the show. It's how we actually end up doing somewhat well in overall rankings. And we really appreciate it when you drop us a review. So this week in particular, we would like to thank Dinoman906. That is a dope name, and I love it. They left us a five-star review, and... You know, that just makes us love them all the more and uh, said, you all put on a heck of a show. Love this group's chemistry. Dino Man, you put on a heck of a show with your name. It's very cool. And we really appreciate you listening and leaving us such an awesome review. Thank you. Without further ado, we're going to go ahead and let you get to listening. Uh, episode 32, Quoth the Raven to See No More. One of my favorite things that just does is just intermittently flip you off. <laughs> it's truly it's a soothing bomb to the rest of us and sometimes when she gets really mad she turns red and that's also really good (laughs) i think you all intermittently flip me off so it's true yeah i don't think i've ever seen angel do it i think i'm the most aggro me like just fucking die dustin yeah Yeah. angel flips dustin off with his words (laughs) with his soul i know at first i was like oh i think i'm oh good for me oh no i'm like super berating (laughs) i'll go off on a tangent i I honestly when you were going to talk about your alignment i didn't say it out loud but i was like nobody wants to fucking hear about your alignment dustin you're the gm (laughs) we're the players you don't get one we get all the cool shit but see, I didn't say it, but okay, well, now you guys know. I love it when Angel's just like, well, anything to make Dustin left out. <laughs> I know, it's just like yeah. the worst thing for Dustin. So I didn't want to say it. Sometimes being a GM is like being on an island and all your friends are over across oh on the God. beach and having a blast and having this party. And then you're just sitting there on your lonely island with like a hot dog on a stick, slowly rotating it over Whatever, fire. Whatever, man. We're punching Well, when you come right over now. to show your hot dog, you crit us. Yeah, that's why you're not invited to the party. Yep. It's too dangerous. Little tear runs down my cheek. Oh, God. Get over yourself. (laughs) So, Abby. Yeah. What was your alignment value that you started way back when we were wee little level one Pippa? Like reading it now, it's just because, you know, when you just like start a character, you just you don't know them very well yet because you haven't played them. You just kind of have like an idea of how you think they're going to be. And I feel like Pippa ended up being a lot different when I actually started playing her. But anyway, so my alignment statement was uh, most laws exist to protect and enforce the status of those in power and breaking them in the service of regular people or mine and my companion's comfort is the right thing to do. Which that was like good for like, I guess like the first, I don't know, like six episodes of book one. (laughs) But it never, we don't really break the law so much in the sense that like Pippa usually thinks of it. We just kind of go to murder town these days. <laughs> Bunch of murder hobos. Yeah. Like we're like we're on we're on the train to Murderville and it does not stop until it gets there. Oh, and murder hobos. And we don't really have time to do any of like this the kind of more like swindly things that Pippa usually thinks about with this kind of alignment statement. So I don't know if it's necessarily accurate anymore. I guess I'd, I'd like it to be accurate again. <laughs> someday but yeah i'm it's it's different now are you thinking of changing it or are you thinking about trying to dis- swerve tip back towards it no i might have to change it just because 
everything's been flipped on its head by being transported to a kind of like to being to being transported to a closed off realm that very few people actually get into from the outside world. She's a little too out of her element to effectively swindle people in the way that she's used to. She can't claim to be a princess of Irisen and Irisen will we'll <laughs> know that that's made up bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I may have to change her alignment statement at some point mm-hmm. sometime soon. We might have to revisit that in a few episodes then. Yeah. I'm really surprised at how much Odessas have actually held up. I haven't read them in a really long time and reading them I'm like holy shit man <laughs> I did okay, good you did a charm before a harm a couple episodes ago yeah I did bird lady uh huh oh boy okay why don't you read out, out of Dessa's then charm them before you harm them when in doubt knock them out and ally blood spilled will get them killed and her values really, really back up the fact that she wanted to kill that doppelganger. I was like, holy crap. And in the moment, I wasn't sure. And then reading them, I was like, oh, no, no, no. Yep, that's right. She I super would it. do that. <laughs> she would 100% do that. <laughs> cool. Accurate. Alone, her mercy value is should be shown when circumstances call for it, but should be cast aside once the person in question has proved themselves unworthy of it. And I was like, whoa, girl, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Odessa's so extra. She is so uh, she is a murder hobo. <laughs> <laughs> uh what do you th- what about you there, Abraxas? Uh it's uh when nature calls, I reply. When nature speaks, I listen, and when nature angers, I destroy. I'd say that still pretty holds up pretty well. Yeah. yeah. That holds up great. Yeah, you literally just did the metaphor about the avalanche and the pebble. And what was the other one? Fire and twig or something? Oh, the leaf. The leaf in the forest when the forest burns. Basically, I don't fucking care if the doppelganger died. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how we could all explain like how we re- reacted to her based on our alignment statement. But that's, pretty, that's pretty good. I was like, that's like, that means we did it right. <laughs> I love how all the stuff you focused on, that's the one that's the focus. It's not Radisek. It's not Nazina. It's not. No, that was the only time that we had a fight about what to yeah. do. We, we were on the same page with literally everything until mm-hmm. the doppelganger thing. Mine was a timing. Honestly, we've been killing things left and right for Abraxas. It was, wow, you guys want to stop right now to handle this? There's a freaking enemy up ahead. Okay, that's that was most of his thing. Dude, one bullet would have just done it. Would just have been done. That <laughs> right and to not forehead. to mention Abraxas was on super edge when he realized he could not eat for oh, several God, days. Yeah, he was not a happy camper that whole well, I mean he's still not a happy camper, but he was he was not a happy camper. The Pale Tower was not uh he likes adventure, but that was not uh I don't think he'll look back at this with Oh, I remember that one time I was in the Pale Tower. How cool. No. I couldn't eat for six days. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think he's going to f- swear off cookies. That's just going to be his. He just Aww. won't eat it. It's good. One of those things where I remember I was at a wedding once and I overdid it on this really sweet wine. I think it took me two years before I had anything sweet. And it might be why I like my wines to have a really strong, like, I want to taste the tannins in the wine to this <laughs> day. Like you want to pucker up like every time you take a sip of wine. <laughs> okay, and last but definitely not least, Jessa, you actually have the newest of alignment. I think you had a little time to be able to tone your alignment value in more because we had six episodes for you to listen to before you came on board. I had already written them before that, actually. Um, 
Oh, I, I see what you mean, according to the... But, like, actually, I hadn't listened to all the episodes before I wrote them, but still, I mean... <laughs> yeah, hers are, at the end of the day, I fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. If that makes me an outlaw, so be it. I've been called worse. Actually, both of mine are, like, from Robin Hood stories or compilations. Nice. And then the second one, like, I take very... It's not literal because Manette wants the system of money to be gone, but this, so this is more of like generalized, like God made all of this rather than what it says, which is God made this money, the fresh air too, for his children's use. He never made the difference between poor and rich. She just, she doesn't believe in the superiority of nobility or any of that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking back to that first scene with Argentea, the real one, not the fake one. Yeah. Oh, poor thing was the... D- how long was she locked up in that basement in her Probably own squalor? About a, I, I want to say it was like three or four days. And then the first thing oh happens, the door opens, the party's like, yeah, fucking bitch, we hate you, drop dead. <laughs> I remember hearing it going, damn, she got a lot of shade. <laughs> no we mercy, were so no sympathy. Tired. She turned to Tacey and she was like, go get our horses. I'm like, no, we'll get our own fucking horses, you stupid conceited bitch. Like, I didn't say that. I just said, I think we can get them ourselves. But <laughs> that's definitely what was in Manette's heart was like, can you please not like order people around in this moment? Seriously? Just for once in your life, be cool and not like a noble asshole. Damn, Argentea, be cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be cool, Argentea. Be cool. <laughs> she don't know how. <laughs> she ended up. No, no, that's not true. At the end, she ended up being very cool. Yeah, because In Pippa like way. brainwashed her into doing it. Pippa would have ripped her shit off though. <laughs> that was the only thing that saved her wealth. <laughs> <laughs> no regrets. So we had been leaving. We would have been leaving Taldor with jewels and Argentea's yeah. shit. Going, mm, what's up, Irisin? We're coming in in style. <laughs> yep. Got all the fancy shit. <laughs> now Manette would have flung it into the town square for all the common folk, and then you would all be mad at her forever. <laughs> Pippa and Manette would have had their conversation about we managing had money a lot very sooner. <laughs> because, well, here, listen. Manette knows money has value otherwise she wouldn't give it away to the people who need it more than yeah 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 it's got value to us too (laughs) she she has enough she has what she needs she she would just take a Braxis's big old bag of money because he's the party accountant and just go drop it on the barkeep I've like one beer here's 8,000 gold pieces oh my god please never do that being a gunslinger is so fucking expensive well just she would never do that she like I said she knows what you guys need need how much you need is what you should have she doesn't believe in hoarding wealth oh man yeah this is a conversation she and pippin need to have at some point in the future oh yeah i mean that's pretty much what she's gonna tell you is like we have what we need we have the amount we need and if we need more to do our job we'll get more but (laughs) we will procure more money but we are not hoarding we are not greedy shitty nobles (laughs) oh speaking of hoarding i know we've tapped waldsby as far as selling shit, so whatever next time we hit into, we've got a, a bunch lot of, of shit stuff to, to sell. Unload. Shit to unload. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Jesus, we have a lot. Crikey, I don't think they even have enough gold to p- 
pay us. White for... throne might. Yeah, Waltzby didn't. Yeah. That's the reason why you couldn't sell anything else there. You sold their all their gold off. <laughs> yeah, they got you know now they've got goods as they can melt down the swords, armor, repurpose the leather. Oh yeah, they got shit it, they can do. I imagine if you came back to Waltzby in like three or four years, as long as they don't get harassed by a witch at some point, they're gonna probably be a little better off when you come next time. I swear we gave what's her name Valienka. I can't remember Nadia. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I don't even know how you got the other one from. I don't. I don't know. I, uh, I'm so sorry. I discriminate against the people Angel, who are you Sorry, but didn't we give her uh, one of those rare the ice diamonds? Yes. So she's already like freaking the wealthiest peasant in town. She has children to care for. Well, I think that was part of a, a guilt uh, diamond for killing off her. Yeah. Y- youngest uh, child. We didn't kill her off our we child. Uh, the witches her did that. Was we freed already her dead. soul. Yeah, I've shattered the gem. Although I don't yeah. actually feel bad about that. Manette does, but I nah. don't feel bad about <laughs> yeah. it. Could have been evil. You never know. Could have been evil. Or could have been used for evil, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> this week we are going to try something a little new. Uh, each of our characters, I think, over the course of book one... We gave some vignettes into your guys' back history. I think all of you guys have spent a lot of time building out fantastic backstories for your characters. I am always wondering about is if one of your characters dies, or even then there's so much story to tell that I don't think you will ever get to fully explore your character's backstory as much as I think we all would like to. What we're going to be doing over the course of book two is doing these small little stories written by our favorite cast about their characters and you know we never know when they'll pop up they might pop up next episode they might pop up six episodes from now um but um gives everybody a little more insight into the characters as they tell it and through their eyes and uh so without further ado Kay, if you want to start your story i can remember everything from the night i left home every detail is seared into my memory, just like this freshly burned mark on my skin. It was raining, and the thunder shook the house down to the foundation, but I didn't feel it. I had watched my world end when that monster killed my father. I silently moved around my room, gathering clothes that would attract the least attention. I shoved them in a bag, which I'm watching me. Lightning occasionally flooded the room with light as the storm raged outside. I pulled my nightgown over my head and replaced it with old, worn riding gear. And then I pulled a warm cloak over my shoulders and gathered my things before lifting Jim to my shoulder. I looked around my room, taking it all in, and I shut my door for the last time. The thunder outside hid any sound I might have made as I slipped silently through the stairways that only the attendants used, and in the dead of night, they were empty. I walked through the dark, wet corridor from the main house to my father's smithy. It was flooded with memories of walking with my father. I kept my eyes on the door to the smithy and swallowed down any tears that might have tried to spring forth. But opening the door, the scent of my father wafted out metal, fire, gunpowder, and smoking tobacco. (sighs) My whole body shook as I crumpled to the floor in the doorway. Sobs and silent screams racked my body. I felt Jim's weight shift as he did the best he could to comfort me while also reminding me what was at stake here. I composed myself as best as I could and I found my feet beneath me. 
In moments, I was across the room in the dim light, standing in front of the padlock that kept the vault to my father's secret safe. I pulled a chain over my head and grasped the key that hung there for a moment. This had been my promise to him. If anything should happen, I would keep his secrets. I would keep them safe. I would keep his legacy alive if it killed me. I unlocked and unlatched the padlock, releasing the giant metal door set into the wall and walked into the small room with nothing but a workbench and a cabinet against the back wall. I went to the table first and gathered up the papers there. I held up the blueprints to my father's gun, a treasured secret trusted only to me. I carefully folded it a couple times before rolling them into a tight scroll and then... I realized I had nothing to tie it with. I pulled the ribbon from my hair, releasing my long golden curls to fall around my shoulders and brushed them away in frustration as I tied the scroll tightly and looked around for something to keep it in. It was then I felt Jim stir and I placed him on the work table and we stared at each other for a moment before coming to a silent agreement. I found the sharpest scissors I could and pulled the needle and thread I always kept in my boot. I wiped away tears as I cut a small hole in Jem's brown plush fabric. He made no sound, but covered his eyes and clenched his small fists as I gently pushed the blueprints in among his stuffing and whispered, I am so sorry, Jim. He kicked his little feet and everything in me broke just a little bit more. Once the blueprints were safely inside, I stitched him clothes and promised I would patch him up better when we were safely far away from this place. For kissing him on the small, poorly sewn patch and putting him back on his perch, finally, I opened the cabinet and reached for my father's gun. I took it in both my hands, the cool metal and the familiar weight bringing me temporary comfort. I inhaled deeply and held my breath until I felt myself getting dizzy before exhaling and pulling the strap over my shoulder, walking out of the vault, and locking the padlock behind me. I walked slowly through the room, memorizing everything I could. Ghosts of my father filled the room. My father sitting slouched over with a pencil behind his ear, staring at blueprints, humming a tune, only he knew. His large figure in front of his forge, an impossibly huge shadow in front of a light so bright you couldn't look at it. The sound of a hammer slamming against metal as his strong hands worked into intricate shapes. His voice drifting through the air as he sang me songs or spun intricate tales of faraway places. A heavy hand on my shoulder that would lift my spirits in the darkest of times. But my memories were all I had left. I clenched my fist and moved towards the heavy wooden door leading to the path that would take me out of the city, into the woods, and away from this place. I paused as a small metal object caught my eye. My father's maker's mark sat on the mantle next to the cold forge. The maker's mark that touched no metal, but marked the skin of those deemed worthy by my father. The houses of Absalom varied in power and in wealth, but very few were as respected as the house of my father. His kindness and beautifully crafted work had earned him a reputation that few could aspire to achieve. I moved to the mantle and lifted it from its resting place. The maker's mark was bestowed on those who truly cherished their work. 
He had created it long ago as a way to honor every burn that came from his kind of work. Each and every burn that came from the forge was a sign that the work was dangerous, but it was worth doing. The mark was the one that they put upon themselves to accept the challenges that they would face ahead, but as a promise that they would do it head on. It was all a part of a beautiful ceremony that I had witnessed many times now. I had insisted for years that I was ready for my marking ceremony, but knew in my heart that I wasn't. My father knew as well. Every time I brought it up, he chuckled and told me I'd know when I was ready. I'd feel it. In that moment, I knew I wasn't ready and that I never had been, but that one day I might be. I scanned the room, finding something to wrap it in, and saw there, hanging on the wall, a small bag of rags. I grabbed it and wrapped it in one of the rags before placing it carefully in the bag and tying the bag to my belt tightly. I found my way back across the room and put my hands around the doorknob. I could hear the rain coming down outside and pulled the hood of my cloak over my head before I stepped out of my life and ran into the unknown, not looking back once at the place that had been my home. As the rain drenched me down to my core, I swallowed it all down. I pushed down the fear of the monster that had killed my father. I pushed down the pain of knowing I'd never talk to him again. I ignored the panic of not having anything or having anywhere to go. I packed it all down into a small, dark place where I could forget it was there. I forced myself to feel nothing, to be numb to it all. I moved through the world feeling nothing and caring about nothing, especially myself, until now. And now we know your real hair color. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> and now you all know it was inside Jim when Odessa was panicking. It was like, don't let anything fucking fall out. Well, the yep. players know what's inside Jim, not yeah, the PCs. You, yeah, you guys know. <laughs> Your characters don't know. I, one of the reasons why I think it's important to do this is in tabletop games, it's easy to create a character, roll some dice, and maybe give them this very outer shell of personality. But really, when you start playing, when you start having fun, it's that character backstory that gives life to not only your character, but the game itself. And I think that's something we have all done really well. And I think for all of us, we've talked about this off game that there's kind of a piece of you you give up when you do that. You know, you you put open yourself up to judgment. You open yourself up to being somebody making fun of your character decisions. And I don't think any of us ever felt that in this group. And I think that's an important thing anybody should do in their group is making sure that everybody's choices are always welcome in a, in a game. And uh, yeah, so thank you for sharing that, Kay. We really appreciate yeah, it. You're welcome. Also, I feel like I've been really open about the fact that I have a real life crush on Minette. So <laughs> <laughs> very clear. Who doesn't? <laughs> I feel like I've been really clear about that. I mean, right? White Throne is approximately 132 miles northwest of Waldsby. On average, it takes nine days to traverse the snowy wilderness. Snow is everywhere in Erison, including the path that you all will take. It will be long and hard, but that is just the first part of the journey. Getting entrance to White Throne and from there to Baba Yaga's hut is a challenge all on its own. You will be in a city where potentially anyone can be your enemy, where evil Jadwiga and their cohorts roam the streets, tormenting those who are less than them. You will need every skill set you have to succeed. I think each of you kind of wake up at the same time. You feel the little snowflake that's branded onto you kind of tugging a bit. 
kind of pulling you like it's time to start moving forward. And then almost in perfect sync, all of your stomachs grumble in hunger. Oh, man, fuck you. When does that go away? <laughs> you, when you guys did some research onto it, you believe it's about six days. How do we not die? <laughs> you can go up to three days without food. On day four is basically when you start feeling like you're dying. But we'd still be feeling like weak and pretty shaky. Uh, yes, but according to the rules of Pathfinder, that all starts on day four. Gotcha. I mean, I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the rules. Yeah. I just know that if I go like one hour past when I usually eat, I'm I'm like, oh god, I'm shaking. It's so bad. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. if yeah. we were normal people, if we were like NPCs level one, but we're heroes. Ooh, we're super heroes. <laughs> robust. We're so war. We can race. take it. We're not allowed to eat at all. Every time you try to eat, basically. It basically tastes like ash and you get nauseated. I think when you all quite grumble out of bed, uh, you you smell Nadia has cooked broth for all of you guys uh, in, in cups and basically a big Angel. bowl because that's the only thing you can to do to try to at least somewhat feel a little better. It doesn't really even do it. I think it just, like I said, it sates that mouth hunger you feel. Yeah, I guess it's uh, better than nothing. Better oh, than nothing. God. You also notice there's some plates in the sink, meaning that basically she made sure everybody had eaten before you guys woke up so that you didn't have to watch them eat. So considerate. <laughs> truly. Really, that was really truly. sweet of her. There's a small dog sled outside packed full with her belongings and kind of a small little seat for her two sons to go in. You have 12 days of rations, each of you. Oh, good. We just can't use them. Yeah. Wow, those are going to be so useful to us. Well, it's a nine-day trip. And you're on day three, so technically you're only going to go a third of the way in, and then you can eat again, if you think about it. So. I'm going to be tearing down oh the forest animals. <laughs> Sorry, it's for the greater good, y'all. <laughs> the greater good of my stomach. <laughs> Your families will thank me. <laughs> hey, I need to be at my best to uh, bring balance. True that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True story. Once you guys get all ready, and Nadia you know, kind of checks in to see if you guys are ready to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, as ready as we're ever going to be, I guess. The snow is just starting to fall, a gentle pace. Uh, most of the townsfolk have even yet to rise. Uh, they're all still in their Lazy. warm beds, uh, staying away from the cold. <laughs> this is why their town sucks. Uh, for most of day one, it's it's uneventful. Um, you hit some rough terrain and where you have to kind of do a little climbing and navigating the sled through the rough terrain takes a little bit of time. But for the most part, you're all making good time. By late afternoon, a full-on blizzard starts to arrive, uh, and Nadia kind of turns to you and says, I think uh, it's, it's it's advised to be putting up camp. The blizzard is getting strong, and Orm and Jolie need to rest. I was like, I thought you guys <laughs> wouldn't slow us down. No, I'm joking, joking. I told you not to slow us down. <laughs> Pippa yells from from the from 100 feet back, because nobody's... Yeah, well, she's like slogging through, like, I told you... <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> slow us down. <laughs> you guys uh, set up camp uh, in a large white tent. It does a great job of keeping out the wind and the snow. Between Nadia's supplies and all the furs you have collected from every single place we've gone, yeah. uh, so many. <laughs> it almost feels like a palace inside this tent. You even have the red dyed fur carpet that you. Yep. Yeah, we saw that too. To the entrance of the tent. Maybe Manette feels a little uncomfortable because it's almost royalty-like. Yeah, Uh, Pippa's (laughs) just, like, at home. Uh, uh, It's not that she cares that much, like... (laughs) We're not using it to put on airs. We want the comfort. 
Exactly. Angel gets me. <laughs> well, and like, now that you guys have a little more insight into Odessa's background, this is what she grew up in. So she's like, mm-hmm. eh, I'm comfortable. Glamping would have been very much her family's style. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, they had like attendants that would take them, carry their shit for her. Until she yeah. left, she didn't work a day in her life outside of like the things that her dad had her do. God, you people. <laughs> <laughs> Has she ever acted that way, though? She's been like, I was in a brothel for the last, like, nine years. <laughs> I'm just playing. Come on. I've seen shit. <laughs> no, you all hunker down for the night. The downside uh, is the tent cannot hide the food as easily as Nadia did at the house. So you see Nadia and her kids all chowing down on rations and or, there's nothing to be cooked she's trying to make downplay it as much as possible but even these stale hardtack breads and stuff like that you smell them and yeah, i think abraxas after a while you're doing that old thing that happens in cartoons where you look around and everything you see turns to turkey legs <laughs> you look over you look over at pippa and it's like no. a freshly cooked roast no that's traumatic for him still it's too soon too soon <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean, aside aside from that, like, I think Pippa's in a, she's really enjoying, like, just kind of the, the luxury feel of the tent and, like, how warm it is in there. Like, something that she's never really enjoyed is the outdoors. Like, she went from, like, being an innkeeper's kid to living in a Calistrian temple, which are pretty plush. Uh, and then she went out and made a living for herself, like, getting fabulous jewels from nobles who didn't deserve them. And uh, she had, like, a townhouse in Opara with, like, like a housekeeper and shit. She's like, this is so, I don't know, her style. <laughs> like, if she's going to be outdoors, this is how she wants to be outdoors. <laughs> yeah, Manette's so she's been living actually in a wagon. Good mood. She lived in a yeah. hobble, then a wagon. <laughs> and, like, don't get me wrong, Odessa grew up this way. It is not necessarily what she's comfortable in. I'm also really curious to see if, like... What happens if Minette ever finds that out? Eh, she probably won't care because, like like you said, you don't act that way. You don't yeah. have some sort of, like, superiority complex, you know? No, it not at all. If anything, she has an inferiority complex. Uh, yeah, precisely. She wants you to be <laughs> feel better about yourself, so... <laughs> I think the one thing that you guys do have, except for Dessa, you do have alcohol to warm yourselves up and get their tummy. Uh... <laughs> Abraxas, I think, is going to actually read one of the books we grabbed from the tower. Did we get a couple of couple Yeah, Dessa freaking stole mm-hmm. the library. He's so hungry, he just wants to grab one of them and just going to page through it. You've never seen him really sit down and read. I mean, you saw him, got really, you, you saw him get really excited about the map uh, from, was it the High Sentinel Lodge? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he carries books with him. So he's just going to grab one. Get himself in a corner and just focus on the book. <laughs> uh, as the evening wears on, um, Orm goes up to you, Manette, uh, and he goes, Auntie Manette, mommy said you got a game when you were you went to help sister. Could could you teach me how to play? Well, of course. Sit down. <laughs> I don't know how to play. <laughs> <laughs> he sits down. Uh, uh, let me, so let me teach you. Isn't that thing the give, wrong give person to ask? <laughs> what? Doesn't that thing give a buff? Yep. It does, yeah. yeah. It's Game of Fortune. It's called the Game of Fortune Passing. Basically, at the end, basically make up some game. Just, you, you can say whatever you want it to be. And then... Teach uh, him to pretend. 
I'm gonna pretend it's like Katan. Mahjong, which is the oh, most okay. complicated game ever. I don't know if y'all know. <laughs> yeah. It's so I'm like really balls. fast, like showing the cam, like look at all these tiles. Here we go. No, 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 no. He's probably just looking around. I'm like this is too complicated. <laughs> auntie, Auntie, slow down. <laughs> but he looks very intrigued. He is so excited to learn how to play. <laughs> so this tile means this, and this tile means that, you know, that kind of thing. But mm. they're all super, like, it's all written in Osirian, so it's pretty complicated. But you can sort of learn by just, like, looking at the symbols, I think. Um, and I would say it's actually probably more like checkers, because yeah. it has a board and everything. So. Yeah, and, and just to read you, it's like 10, pot, 10 pawns carved from petrified wood are stored within a box. So basically you're using little pawns like checkers. Yeah. And I'd say it's just like a slightly more complicated checkers, like kind of checkers and chess hybrid, where you have certain moves you can do with certain pieces, but the ga- the goal is still more, it's not a checkmate, it's like stealing. Okay. <laughs> so as you guys are playing, uh, and you guys sit there and play for about 30 minutes once he learns the rules, and uh, roll me a d20 and add your int modifier. That's a 19. Uh, you won by one point. He got an 18. He's actually very intelligent for a boy. <laughs> oh wow. You almost got wow. bested by a little boy on a game you've played a big portion of your life, and he's never played. Manette uh, is very humble, so she she's just impressed. She's like, wow, you, you picked that up very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good uh, job. You see in the background, Nadia is kind of smiling. Um, and as you win the game, one of the pieces glows a little bit. Um, and just a reminder what that does. For the next 48 hours, the winner gains a plus two luck bonus on skill checks, saving throws against fear and death effects, which really doesn't affect you. And he, So so the piece starts to glow a little bit, and okay. he picks it up and goes, oh, that's that's so pretty. Uh, I give it to him. He gets very excited and he runs off and goes, Mom, Mommy, Mommy, look! And uh, she gives him a hug and uh, kind of, Nadia kind of gives a look over to you. I just nod my head. It's it's like, it's unspoken. I love these kids, so I'm already <laughs> like, you can have whatever you want. <laughs> uh, and actually what's funny is you notice that when the piece goes away, a little piece goes in its place. The little piece is not as magical. So basically each of the pieces that are remaining of the, until they're all the ones that are, that came with the board are magical, but once they're used up, they get replaced with a non-magical piece. Right. So basically nine more uses and then it's just the game. Yep. Which, I mean, again, doesn't really affect me at all. So next time you guys play. (laughs) Okay. So we can get the buff. I'm immune to fear. (laughs) Not death effects, but But not death effects. (laughs) Uh, At the same time that's happening, Uh, Pippa, you see Jolie come up to you. He closes his eyes and sticks his hand out. And you see this small little paper flower he made for you. You look up at his face and it's blushing bright red. You instantly have a flashback to your older sister babysitting. And on several occasions, the little boys would get a small crush on on her. And basically, that's kind of what you get the impressions happening right now. Oh my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> Pippa's feeling super awkward <laughs> exactly because her her older sister would mostly babysit like other halfling children for like you know other families that lived in the area <laughs> so this is a little fucking weird considering like they're the same height 
God, it'd be so scary. <laughs> he may even be a little taller, depending on how old he is. Like, she's three feet tall. But he's definitely taller. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely taller than she is. So this is like, it's Awkward. super weird, but she's still like, <laughs> she smiles at him and goes, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I guess like tucks it into her hair. When you do that, he he smiles really big and then runs off and goes and hides, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Pippa is so relieved. <laughs> Adessa watched like, the whole thing fine. and is silently just, you know, when you, you know, when you're at the bar and someone hits on one of your friends and you can see it happening, but you do nothing mm-hmm. to stop it. And you guys make eye contact and you're just like, <laughs> what happened to you? That's, that's what Adessa's doing. Cause she has no chill. <laughs> Uh, Real mature. You know what? <laughs> At least, you know, someone's paying attention to you, you know? And we're just out in the freaking wilderness. No one's paying attention to me. This is the worst thing in the world. I am so Odessa, used to having so much more attention than this. That is taller than me. <laughs> I mean... She's just going to stop talking because she has nothing to contribute that isn't weird. <laughs> I think since it's been about half an hour, Braxis is gonna wolf out and patrol outside for a bit. Okay. So, like I said, Nadia smiles. Uh, her sons are unaffected by the change of scenery and goes and sits between. I think Abraxas, maybe you come in for a few minutes, maybe sit next to Odessa, and she comes and sits between you two, and you go. You all seem to get along very well. Uh, you all must have been friends for a long time, no? Yeah, I don't know. We uh, have a lot in common. He's fluffy sometimes, and I, I'm a big fan. Braxis is afraid he's gonna say the wrong thing because he's really hungry, so he just nods <laughs> sagely. <laughs> uh-huh. He has just enough diplomacy <laughs> to know. Uh... I think Odessa kind of feels this and is like reaching back around Nadia and like slaps you on the back. <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, yeah, you know, uh, Pack is uh, usually very close. <laughs> he's trying not to talk to get have his anger his anger kick in. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's he really isn't happy until he eats. He's like pissed off like all the time. And he's got just enough diplomacy to know not to open his mouth. <laughs> yep, that plus. <laughs> he's squeezing every uh, every ounce of that plus four now. Mm-hmm. You guys all get you know super tired and start to turn in for the night. I don't think any of you rest well because this is, you guys are, the hunger is just overriding your senses. I need you to make a constitution check. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's very appropriate for Brexus. So who here got above a 16? Me. Me. Not me. So Everybody. Don't. Don't. Oh no. <laughs> okay. So oh, no. Abraxas takes... Three points of non-lethal damage, and this is non-lethal damage you cannot heal until you can start eating again. Dumb. Okay. And then you are now fatigued. It would be a Braxis that like It would be a Brax Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's the one who's like the most upset about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, you know. I feel like the rest of us are annoyed but aren't like actively just like fuck. And then a Braxis is like, everything is garbage. I hate everything. I hate everyone. Don't I Manette don't was. Manette I, was at the beginning, but she realized that she can't fight in inevitability, so she's just like gone in trying full to acceptance stoic. mode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's pretty yeah. good at getting there. Get you know? it. She's yeah. I think, it, I think it takes him an, an so I think it takes him an hour to do his uh 
his morning ritual for spells. And I think it takes him 25 minutes to get started. You know, he's he's placing everything carefully. And a couple of times, like something, you know, like he puts the apple seed in the wrong direction. He's like, fuck. And, uh, <laughs> uh, pardon me. Uh, um, and he starts. I think he's probably had to restart three times before he really got going. Yeah, so the the morning's starting a little tough. I, I think you guys are definitely feeling the pain. Day two is much clearer than yesterday. You're making pretty good progress, moving along much faster. The sky is gray overhead. You're surrounded by fir trees to the left and the right of you. You see a half a dozen ravens flying in a lazy circular pattern over you for most of the, your journey. And you see occasional wild animals skittering throughout the branches. Much like yesterday, traveling seems to be fairly unmolested. As time passes throughout the day, maybe you're all too focused on your empty stomachs to notice. I think it's Jolie that notices at first. He's sitting there on the dog sled, and he has nothing to do but look around. And he looks up, and there's there's a lot of birds in the sky. And you look up, and you see hundreds of ravens in the sky just in time for them to all oh, swoop no. down and attack. It's your first battle of book two, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, for it's initiative. a swarm. Fucking raving swarm. Mm. I totally resisted the impulse to just scream, It's Saruman! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Could have had it all. Could have had it all, but didn't. Abraxas? Let's see. I rolled a flippin' three again. That's a total of seven. That's all? Man, your hunger is so reflecting in your dice rolls. <laughs> yeah, like so many look at all those snacks they look like real drumsticks <laughs> uh, Odessa what about you 21 Manette 12 Team Torta is just not doing great Pippa is also not doing as well as she thought she was this morning she she rolled a 7 what is wrong with you guys get, get it together we're starving <laughs> starving we're really hungry okay me so hungry <laughs> okay Odessa you're up Okay, so she's going to take this turn to switch her gun over to Scatter Condition. As part of her initiative, she can pull her gun out. And so she pulls it out and she just starts tinkering. Okay. So Nadia pulls from her hip a flask of alchemist fire and she throws it at the swarm that nobody is attached to at this moment. Oh, that's good. And... She throws it over the ravens and it lands on a spot behind them. Nobody takes damage. And that ends her turn. Well, we need to take one point. Of sp- oh, no, I don't know. No, she, she completely missed. <sighs> she had one job. So the first swarm move towards Abraxas, uh, Pippa, Manette, and Abraxas. They just start attacking all of your guys' faces. Come at me, creatures. I'll say it in Sylvan just in case they know it. I'm trying to get all the aggro. <laughs> there you are. Get it out. <laughs> Come at me, bro <laughs> I'm going to cover myself in birdseed. <laughs> Home Alone 2 style. So all the ravens just go after your guys' face and attack your eyes, and you all take four points of damage, and I need you all to roll me a fortitude save, and I need you all to roll me a constitution save. Jesus, okay. Jeez. Fuck. Uh, you guys just need to pass a 14, so if any of you got above a 14, huh. you passed. Yeah. It was a, what was it? A fort and a... Constitution. Okay. I yeah, got a 15 good. and a 16 on the die, so I'm good. I got a okay, 10 so... and 11. Okay, and what about you there, Pippa? I got a 5 and a 11. Oh, boy. 
so Pippa and Abraxas failed, and Odessa and Manette passed. Mm-hmm. Both Pippa and Abraxas are nauseated for the next round. Oh my god. Jeez. Oh, Sweet. And what's even worse, though, is both of them rip right across your guys' eyes. And oh my gosh. And both blind. For oh, how long? Blindness lasts for 1d4 days or until healed with a or with a removed blindness or a successful heal check. Cool. So as of right now, you guys are blind for only one day. Yeah, I got the old sniffer. I'll be fine. Peppa's going to freak out. <laughs> I got you. I'm going to heal you. Mostly about her face, her beautiful face. <laughs> Manette, it is your turn. Uh, Manette is going to move out of the swarm and try to actually draw them away. So she's going to move a good distance north away from the party as far as she can go. Um, And she is going to pull an alchemist fire out of her bag and that's all she can do. And that ends Manette's turn. It is now Pippa's turn. I don't know, like, I'm, I'm trying to imagine, like, how I would react to suddenly being surrounded by a swarm of crows that blinded me. She would probably, holding her eyes and shrieking her head off, Um, would probably, like, stumble backwards kind of out of the swarm, probably to, like, about there. Okay. That's all you can do, so that ends your turn, right? Sure does. Abraxas, it is your turn. Abraxas is panicking just for a little bit. He, you know, he can't see, but he is used to interacting with the world through his nose. So he's going to transform into his full war form, and with his nose, he's going to try to kind of navigate to... I'm going to shield, shield Pippa as best as I can with my wolf body. He's going to puff up, hair up, growl. And hopefully Pippa will, not, will know that all of a sudden you just kind of feel the shaggy shaggy fur <laughs> around you. I'm not going to lie. She's going to like, Ugh! like start a little bit. But I think by now she's kind of gotten used to like the general, like, you know how sometimes you just know someone's presence even when you don't like see them yet um i think by now she's kind of gotten used to kind of like i don't know like just abraxas's general aura i guess mm-hmm. I, if it wasn't um, so panicky we probably should have told you what he was gonna do and then done it but i think in the moment he's like fuck i can't talk or i can't talk but they can't understand me mm-hmm. and that's all i'm gonna do so sweet. It is the secondary set of Raven's turn, and that you're right, Manette, you did draw them away, so they all move towards you. Um, and only one can get on top of you, though. So you take four points of damage, and I need you to roll me, basically just roll me one roll, and as long as you pass 14 on Reflex and Fortitude, you're okay. All of my saves are plus six or higher, and I rolled a 12 on the die. You said that in the most pretentious way possible. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only nice Actually. thing about being a paladin for me, okay? Yeah, your I saves have a lot. Are I have legit. So you enjoy I, it. You revel. I in need it. to enjoy And this ends that's Raven's Worm's turn. Adessa, you are back up. So she's going to take a five foot step back and she is going to target this direction. So it would technically hit these back three. Okay, so for the three at the back, that's 24. And then the one in the front, that is 18 against touch. You have hit both of them. Roll damage. 11 to the ones in the back and 10 to the one in the front. So you fire off this cone of like speckled little bullets all across the way and you just see 
like I would say dozens of them just falling out of the sky. They're still really big looking, but they have definitely taken like a pretty big chunk gone. Um, but they're still going. And it is Nadia's turn. And she takes advantage of the fact that that group right next to where most everyone is at is pretty much free of guys. And she throws another alchemist fire. Maybe hit it this time, Nadia. I don't know. And she misses with a two. So this other one goes and there's, there's just oh this little, nice little, little glass radius behind her. Uh, I hate your dice tower. Get a new one. Yeah, it does not work well. <laughs> and that ends her turn. It is the cl- raven swarm closest to all you, and one moves on to Nadia, and one moves on to Abraxas. Bring it. My fur is super thick and luxurious. <laughs> that is six points of damage. Mm, yawn. Yawn. Oh, oh, no. The swarm. They, they ain't got nothing. They just lucked out because I wasn't transformed last round. Uh, Manette, you guys are taking a pretty big beating, but you did see a huge chunk of them fall to the ground uh, thanks to Odessa. It is your turn. What do you want to do? Manette is going to continue trying to draw them away further from the other folk. I think I can go a little further, but I'm not going to. And then I'm going to throw the prepared alchemist fire at the front of this raven swarm. Let's see how okay. I do. Yeah, so that would be a 15. <laughs> that actually hits exactly. Oh, thank you, Woo-woo. Jesus. Okay, four, yeah. The flame, you you throw it against the raven swarm, and it just explodes, and fire goes all over, and you see all these flaming wings just all over the place. Uh, it's it's looking it's looking a little hurt. It's getting pretty close to dying, I think. It does. Flamio, Hopman, Flamio. <laughs> <laughs> Pippa, Perfection. you cannot see, but you are no longer nauseated. You feel the nausea clearing out from out from you, and you feel uh, a Braxis above you in wolfy form. So I guess I'm gonna hold my turn for now, because like I'm not gonna move out from under a Braxis, and I can't I can't fucking do anything. So I'm just gonna not not do it. Okay, uh, a Braxis, it's your turn. Oh my god, I'm in the same boat. I mean, they could snap at them, yeah. but... I mean, gameplay-wise, you know, ignoring the rules, he would snap at anything, you know, that got close, that's feathery, um, you know, for no damage, but that's... He's just gonna make sure he's planted firmly and making sure he's covering Pippa the best he can. Growling. Abraxas and Pippa are basically out of the game right now. Yep. Thanks to oh, our yeah. shitty cool, GM. Cool, cool, <laughs> yep. cool. Thanks, thanks, thanks. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's all Dustin's fault. <laughs> no, I, uh, I don't have the right spells memorized. And I guess what, I just be like randomly casting. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's the northernmost uh, Raven Swim's term, and they all fly up to Manette. Uh, and uh, Manette now needs to roll me a fortitude and a reflex save. And you <laughs> take one point of damage. Yeah, I'm good on those saves. Okay. <laughs> they they do one point of damage to you because they obviously they're scratching and they're just hitting so much of your armor that you probably just got like one little opening and a small little scratch happened basically that just hurt like hell but they did not get you they're nasty little claws uh, Odessa your turn is up I am going to take the attack of opportunity and move through the ravens to here don't you have a decent acrobatics you can kind of... I have an amazing acrobatics. Uh, yeah, I rolled a 27. Yeah, you just roll through them. They don't <laughs> even get a chance. Her acrobatics is plus eight. 
Oh my god, I'm totally picturing. Basically, what you do is you kind of like do this air climb up Abraxas's back and just tumble off of him to get past. Perfect. Uh, Okay, so she jumps over Abraxas, does her tumble, runs forward, and shoots the crow's attacking Minette. And that is a... And that one will actually hit Minette, I believe. Yeah, but Minette already told me it's okay to shoot her. Yeah, shoot me. <laughs> she, we literally like had this <laughs> It is a 21 against touch. That hits. And then what about Minette? Oh, against touch. Yeah, that, that totally hits, yeah. That's eight points of damage. Baby stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> I like how we both our characters have had we have the conversation with Odessa going, take the shot. Kill us. <laughs> Hurt me. <laughs> and does that end Odessa's turn? Yeah, that's literally, that's all she could do. Okay, it's Nadia's turn and she pulls out her last alchemist fire and she tries to target the ones in the range where Pippa and Abraxas are not at. <laughs> oh, maybe you should have had a conversation with Nadia. It's like, you take the shot. And she misses again, and because of that, both uh, both Pippa and Abraxas take one point of damage. Uh, when I cover her, she has Jesus, full cover. Really? Oh, fine. Abraxas takes one point mm. of damage. You see how quick? You see, did Yay! you hear that? You see how quickly he went from? Oh, Pippa has full cover. These bullets won't touch her too. Oh, a little splash of fire gets on. Hey, you, you brought up a point. I thought about, it and I said yes. I agree with you. <laughs> That's true. He did do that. What, when Odessa hit the other ravens attacking Minette, did they look pretty haggard? I would say about half of the grouping is kind of fallen. Uh, it's still evenly spread out among the four squares they take up. As a free action, can Odessa tell Nadia to move? Yeah, she she moves five foot to the right. Perfect. It is the, now the green's turn, and they move up towards... <laughs> The two people that are actually oh, fun. Nadia and Odessa to roll reflex and fortitude save. So, yeah, I passed. Okay. And Nadia, she passed both her checks. How much damage did we take? Four points of damage. Slowly but surely. Manette, you're up. Manette is going to do the same thing all over again. It's very boring. <laughs> <laughs> She's just going to keep on moving, preparing another alchemist fire. All I can do, actually, as a swift action, slap, slap, I'm gonna do some healing on myself. Ooh, buddy, I did a good joke. How much does your ring regenerate? Is it one point or more than one point? I forget. <laughs> the ring should be healing. You actually notice it saps a point from you. Hey, what? So is it evil or something? Oh, I would have detected cursed. that, Dustin. Ew, oh no. It might be cursed. Maybe it's cursed. Those things don't detect properly. Listeners, we all we want you to know that every fucking one of us is just like giving Dustin the fucking shittiest look of like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> if I did a spellcraft, listen, if I did a spellcraft check and it. I spent a long time making sure I got this right. If you would have rolled a 35, you would have detected the curse, but you rolled it to detect just as a ring of regeneration. Yeah, cursed items suck like that. Okay, well, I'm taking it off. Cursed items, they're stuck on you. <laughs> I'm going to cut my finger off, and I'm not joking. I truly believe you. I mean, I'm you. not doing it yet because we're not at my turn yet, but I'm going to cut my finger off. Uh, okay. If that's your decision. I wasn't. It's post-battle, so we'll worry about that later <laughs> when I cut my finger off. So, yeah, what you basically you notice is every time you attack and hit, 
Uh, you take one point of damage. So this was a retroactive because I forgot to get it to you earlier. <sighs> Stupid shit. It is now Pippa's turn. Hooray. Okay, so I've been thinking about it, considering my options, and I am going to turn in a hero point to do something that would ordinarily be almost impossible. Oh. Can I turn? Okay, so Pippa, in kind of the intervening chaos, like she's hearing all of this cawing and like battle noises and alchemist fire flasks exploding everywhere, and she's going to use that time to fumble in her bag. She's going to grab uh, a wand in there. She's going to pray to her god that it is the color spray wand and not the icicle one. <laughs> She's going to move out from under Abraxas five feet, and it's a 15-foot cone, so it should just reach that swarm. Okay. And it does. Okay. She can't see, obviously, but she can hear, and so she's going to aim the wand in that general direction. It, what does that do again? So color spray, if it's successful, sets um, a couple of different debuffs. Okay. Like, it, it depends on the number of hit die for each creature. So if it's got two hit die or less, there's a chance for it to become uh, unconscious, blinded, and stunned for 2d4 rounds. And it's four hit die, just so you know. It's got four hit yeah. die? Really? The birds? All right. Well, then they will be blinded and stunned for 1d4 rounds. Cool. Um, so I think while she's doing this, she's just going to kind of like yell in your general direction of like, if anybody <laughs> doesn't want a full blast to the face, fucking duck. All right. Odessa drops prone. <laughs> That's a feat she has. <laughs> oh, Gunslinger's uh, the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's fucking awesome. And she can still shoot from there, so it really doesn't matter. Okay. So, so what do I need to roll? You get a will save. It's not more specific than that. It doesn't say what the DC yeah, of it is. Yeah, that's the only thing about getting the loot from the GM. They have to give you the DC. Uh, it doesn't matter. It, it, they got an eight, so they failed. So Woo! they are blind and stunned, I believe. For 1d4 rounds, so I'm going to roll for okay. it. Okay. See how they like it. Revenge. All right, all right. The rainbow dice are treating me better. Yeah. They're starting to accept that, you know, I could be gay enough. To okay. Cool, 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 cool. So... <laughs> That's going to be three rounds. Okay, all that happens when they're stunned is they take a negative two penalty to AC. And uh, they also take a negative two when they're blinded. So, yeah, they're just basically really open to attack right now. Okay. Uh, but good job. Fabulous. All right. Successfully. Can I have one of my points back for my excellent role play? Yeah. Or for resolving, like, <laughs> five bonds? <laughs> no, you know, because last, that was, that was last <laughs> episode. But I am sure there will be more opportunities to resolve themselves in the future. Abby, I got you. Uh, you Abraxas, you're up. All right, so Abraxas doesn't really know what Pippa is doing. He can't communicate with her. And <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't know what rainbow. she... And yeah, he can't see the rainbow. Maybe he could smell the rainbow. No, but uh, he knows that she's <laughs> close by. And he doesn't want to go over her because he knows Pippa pretty strategic. So he's just going to kind of move up to her side and... That's about it. It is the northernmost swarm turn, and they're following right for minutes trap, and they keep moving forward and following her. Good. <laughs> I mean, they don't... Five points of damage. Okay. That ends their turn. Odessa, it's your turn. Um. Okay, so from the ground, she's hitting a large portion of the swarm that is chasing Minette and a part of the swarm that is currently on her and Nadia. And that is a natural 20 on the one that is hitting Minette okay. and a oh, don't 16. Me, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm fine. 
<laughs> I don't think you can kill me. And a 16 on the one that's above me. Yeah, I just realized okay. that. And then you run a roll attack on Manette, too. Does a... Guys, what's 7 plus 14? That's 21. Yeah, that hit. <laughs> oh, touch, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's my regular AC. So roll alone. damage all you. <sighs> okay, so for the... I crit on the crows. They're, they're immune to crit. Oh, well. Oh. That is a 14 on the ones attacking Manette. The ones attacking me, six. And then Manette is a seven. I'm still juicy. <laughs> so in each of the squares of the remaining of the swarm that's on Manette, there is like maybe like a dozen in each square. Okay. They've gone down from hundreds to like maybe a couple hundred. <coughs> okay. Or thousands potentially to a couple hundred. The other group that is attacking uh, Adessa and Nadia, that group is still a little beefier, but not much more okay. beefier than the other group. So okay. they are they are hurting for sure. And it, luckily it's Nadia's time. Oh, good. She can do nothing again. And she's going to try it. She finally hits the center spot of the swarm in front of you and hits them with alchemist fire. And she does five points of fire damage. You do take one point of splash damage there, Odessa. (laughs) But doesn't matter because they all fall to the ground in a burst of flames and fall as that first raven swarm is now completely dead. You just hear Odessa like whoop. She's so happy. She's like whoop whoop. <laughs> okay, now she can actually chase after the ones that are chasing her. For Manette, it is your turn. Even though I know that I'm going to take damage as I do damage, I'm throwing my alchemist fire at the front of these birds. Die, birds. <laughs> She's just so blunt and to the point. <laughs> Die, Die, birds. birds. <laughs> got a yeah. 19. See, that is definitely a hit. Ooh, got a six on the die. So okay, nine. and much, uh, much like Nadia's group, they all just blast up into a bunch of flames and fall to the ground, and you have killed these raven swarms. Barbecue, except we can't eat. Okay. You feel a little pinch from your ring again as you take one point of damage. Fuck that ring. You have killed the raven swarms. Thank God. All of you guys are looking in pretty bad shape. Well, at least some of you are looking in pretty bad shape. And uh, <laughs> some of us aren't looking I know, at Brex anything. Is just kind of waiting, tense, just waiting, listening, smelling. I imagine Pippa's got a hand like on his flank, like, and also just kind of like delicately, kind of like feeling the cuts <laughs> She's on like, her face. Concealer just will not hide this up. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were already well into the afternoon when this raven swarm attacked you. Uh, so she's going to take this opportunity. You guys are next to a good hiding spot. There's some nice trees to hide in. <laughs> she sets up camp. Let me look at blindness again. Eye rake. That eye rake is nasty. The blindness lasts for 1d4 days or until healed with a removed blindness or a successful DC 11 heal check. Oh, I just basically need to roll a one. Quick. I got a natty 19 on my heal check. Okay. Maybe Abraxas pulls from his uh, pouch some pigments and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And I, have a healer's, I have a, a healer's kit. Yeah, and maybe uh, maybe uh, he asked Odessa for some towels. Uh, rags. <laughs> the word for is Excuse rags. me, they're not Remember towels. The they're ones, rags. The good ones. <laughs> but we've got nice rags from the tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you put together like this medical poultice and put it on both, like wrap it around your eyes, like you have bandages throughout the night, and I think you do too, Pippa. Uh, you guys set up camp. You go to bed. Um, 
you wake up in the morning and you take them off and you can see again, like the healing powers worked. And then I need all of you to roll me a constitution check, DC 17. I failed it. Okay. I got a 20. Uh, Constitution. And not fortitude, right? Correct. 14 that time around. Okay. So you, Abby and Abraxas failed the second time. Ooh. So Abraxas and Pippa, you take six points of non-lethal damage. That means Pippa is now fatigued with Abraxas. Six points of non-lethal I think kind of while we were sitting in the tent, Adust would kind of make a point to apologize to Minette for, like, shooting her several times. <laughs> oh, Minette Just would be like, like listen, <laughs> d- don't worry, you did not hurt me. I'm, you know, I'm good. I have the healing. It's what you gotta do. I can heal myself all the time. <laughs> That's what being uh, like this is. I know, it just... It just makes me feel so bad. I just, I shoot you and then I see it happen and I'm like, oh my God. As long as you don't get a crit. You also saved me. So, I mean, there was nothing much I could do. Yeah, you guys pack up shop. So I think you guys get going. You pack up quickly. You get through that day. Another night happens. Uh, You are relatively unmolested. You guys all roll me another constitution check. DC 18. Natty 20. (sighs) Oh boy. Natty 19. Yeah, I got a Natty 19. So everybody passed this day. And this is actually the last day before you guys... Oh, so it's the solstice? It is the solstice. So uh, summer solstice, it's the longest day of the year. Mm -hmm. And that means that even though it does not feel warmer today as it would in other areas, it is a day where you have the most light. So you guys are actually making some pretty good progress through... um, through Erison towards towards the day, and relatively unmolested. Uh, this is this two days of not being attacked or worried about being attacked has been kind of nice. You guys set up your tent for the night, and everything's looking good. I think a lot of you are excited because you know that this curse is technically supposed to lift tonight, and you'll be free tomorrow. Oh, don't say technically. <laughs> I hate the word technically. I think on the solstice, I think. Um... Abraxas takes a little longer in his meditation. Although he looks pale, and I think he has like resting, freaking angry face. Um, but today, <laughs> he—you notice him doing a couple more breathing exercises just to kind of keep calm. Um, he does wish everybody a happy solstice, um, and um, I think Aww. throughout, like at some point during the day, like he goes up to a tree and puts his forehead on it and. Um, you know, he whispers a couple of things, you know, per his, what he does, um, as continuing. Yeah. I think Manette, like, travels. grips his shoulder at some point and says, like, we will celebrate properly tomorrow. Because she knows, she okay. knows about, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Manette, I don't, ritual I don't stuff. know if we can make it another day. Listen, Well, you're we already through this. the, you're already through most of the saltus, so it's an evening, you only have to make it through. You, you don't console him, Dustin. He falls on deaf ears and he's even angrier. He hears that from God and he says, no! <laughs> oh, no, no, maybe that's nature talking back to him, so he, he feels a little better then. You're right, there you do go. console him a little bit. The trees. I am nature, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, the trees console him. You set up your tent and you're getting very excited because you know tomorrow you're finally going to be able to eat, hopefully, knock on wood. Mm. And you guys set up your rotation for guard and everything like that and you go to bed. You guys don't see it, but you know, the camera kind of comes back. The shadows of creatures 
kind of sound. Like bugs? Fabulous. The Fantastic Worlds Podcast is a Fantastic Pods production. I'd like to thank Amy Hankinson for writing our wonderful theme song, Sirenscape for use of sound effects and music, Paizo for the wonderful Reign of Winter Adventure Path, and all of you listeners. Until next week, I'm Dustin Alexander. You can reach me on Twitter or Instagram at Dustin Alexander. I'm Abby, and I'm also on Twitter and the Instagrams at Bonanza Famine. Uh, this is Angel. You can reach me at Espinoza916 on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, this is Kay. You can reach me at Cheese Lady Macbeth on Twitter and Instagram. This is Jess, and because I recently updated my Instagram, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Hank the Clank. Please remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Follow us and share on social media. If you do so, use the hashtag World's Traveler so we can thank you for spreading the word. Your support makes all the difference. Literally, we cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I hope you have many fantastic adventures. I don't like this dice tray. <laughs> Why? Because I rolled a four. <laughs> How is it the tray's it's fault? It's the die. It's the tray's fault. The tray has betrayed you? It has. Oh, I hate you. Come on. That was a great feeling very betrayed by the tray and by these rainbow dice. I've rolled them once now, and Angel, you're wrong. They're shite. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're not gay enough. I don't think yeah. I'm gay enough you to have use to these. Yeah. The inner gay. You gotta kiss Hardest more girls. I really have to energy. meditate on my sexuality. Mm-hmm. Try to find like deeper wells of gayness mm-hmm. to be able to use these days. Give mm-hmm. it a Care Bear stare. Mm-hmm. The gayest <laughs> Give of all it stares. The Care Bear stare. Yeah, just tell Steven for the sake of your dice rolling well, you have to kiss more girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just how it's gonna that's have just, to be. That's Sorry, just how bro. It is. Yep. <laughs>